0: As we get started today, um, one of the things, please keep this in mind, um, is that as we're going through um, what we've called the core four, okay, I mean, that's a totally obviously made up name for something, right? I mean, you won't find that in your Bible, Um, but there are four principles that um, we want to embody here, but I would also say this, that these are four principles that are non-negotiable in any way, shape, or form wherever you want to follow Jesus, all right? This isn't just kind of a flavor. Um, These are principles that are so deeply entrenched in God's word. And so why I'm bringing this up now is everything we talk about today or next Sunday, that we've progressed through this. And it really goes without saying um, that our first, first and foremost, if we hear anything and we aren't hearing it through the, through the, Kind of the, uh, the microphone or the filter of the gospel of Jesus, then everything we hear after that is going to become very, very difficult, okay? This isn't segmented. It isn't one of those things where you're going, okay, there are times it's good news, and then there are times it's not good news, okay? It's, it, we've got to hear it through this lens, through this filter of what it, this really is good news, and not just in our minds, but deeply in our hearts, that goes to what Josh was talking about really as well, was the idea of no matter the circumstances, the gospel is the greatest news ever and that doesn't make that doesn't mean that it makes us happy in bad times, but we have true hope we're able to not like flip out we're able to not you know go like just man nothing's going to work out because we know through the gospel that's not the case. We talked about our second little portion of this four kind of little four principles was discipleship was the gospel asks us to come and follow jesus without condition okay and it's, it's really important that we know that that it's not the condition god when everything is great then i'll follow you it's jesus you are so great i will follow you regardless of anything i get regardless of anything you give me, regardless of any hardship you help me overcome, unconditional discipleship, the gospel calls us to that and says, Jesus is saying, no, come and follow me because my gospel is so great, it transcends circumstance, okay? And then we've talked recently more in depth about that discipleship doesn't call us into an individualistic discipleship. It's not just me trying to be the best I can be and carry everything on my own. It's called us into the gospel and Jesus have called us into a community. All right. And it's a a small community of believers. That's the power really of what we consider today, the local church, right? That's the power of it. Because really, when you talk about, you know, Christianity all over the world, that's a really amazing thing to think about, um, except disciples in Sri Lanka and the Middle East and Africa and South America and all that kind of stuff. That's absolutely incredible, except because of distance and because of culture, because we don't see one another on a regular basis, sometimes it's easier even to love people who aren't around us all the time. There's a refining. When we when we're stuck with all of us knuckleheads, all right? And you're going, but you know what? I have some people down in Florida and they're always awesome. No, they're not. They just are because they're not around me all the time. Yeah. Right. Once you get around me long enough, you're like that dude's a knucklehead, Now you've got to really start depending on Jesus. Right. I mean, there's something about the local community. And, and then our, that's really our third principle. And the fourth one is being a passionate disciple maker. And that can't be done individualistically either. There's, there's a method behind the madness of God when it comes to community is this craziness of I'm going to put a bunch of people together that, should, that really don't have much in common, that quite frankly should not like each other, and they're going to miraculously love each other, and the rest of the world is going to go, what the heck? How can, how can an engineer who is viewing his marriage through numerical value, you know, and it's awesome, love you know, artsy, you know, just totally, you know, like you have Riley, right? Yes, yeah, who who just is not like that. And you're going, hold up a minute, man. How y'all view the world so differently? And that's the point of being a passionate disciple maker is that if I just hear what we're talking about now about being a disciple maker, but I leave all the rest behind, the gospel and discipleship, and community, You know what? You know what? Disciple making becomes a weird endeavor. It becomes weirdness. Okay? Because it's just you trying to be the entirety of Jesus to somebody. And unfortunately, you want to know what me and you can't do? That. It's just the truth. I mean, you know, but Keith, you can do all things through him, but you can't be him. Okay? You, you can't. And he didn't make it that way. He made it so a community would look like him. And that's amazing. And again, I think for me, what I always love about this, I always like this idea that Jesus literally took what we would say maybe in the business world or in the sports world or someone that he took what should work as a plan and said, I'm doing the complete opposite of that. I'm going to show the world how his kingdom is, okay? Which it just doesn't make sense all the time. I know in, in the business world, we should all like try to do different things. He's like, no, I'm going to take unschooled guys. Some of them don't like each other, and they're going to build a church of people that really don't like each other, and they're all going to love one another, and it's going to be because of Jesus, okay? So we're talking about something today. um, We're getting into this being a passionate disciple maker, okay? This has kind of gone by the wayside just a little bit, just in evangelical Christianity as a whole, okay? It really has. Um, Question for you. I just want you to think about this. Does Jesus love the lost? Right, okay, and, and, and I, I, I listen, here's the interesting thing about navigating these waters. Oftentimes, this, we, this doesn't get talked about because, man, we are walking the fine line of, man, what if this offends me? What if I don't want to hear this? I don't want to ask that question, does Jesus love the lost, because it might take me somewhere I'm not willing to go. I think in our minds, we would all say, absolutely. I hope so. That would be great. I think he does. Okay. Who's lost? That's the next question I want you to ask yourself. Who is lost? All right. Because there's not a possibility that me and you will do what Jesus has asked us to do. What he died for. If all there is is this fog of uncertainty, right? Of this idea of, okay, yeah, Jesus did come and, and he loves the lost. And I want you to think about this who is lost? And I, I want you to really take a snapshot in your mind like, who are you picturing? Uh, in, in most cases, this question being asked on a Sunday morning in a church, right? We're thinking of, I mean, any span of, um, uh, of people who aren't us. Because we're not that, right? I mean, that's, that, that's, that's where Christianity comes in and goes, well, I'm not, why does that matter? Except here's what I would kind of lay in front of you, okay? Is there may not be a richer mission field in America than inside our churches on Sunday mornings. I want you to think about that. I know it's just super easy to think, you know, but I, I come in every week. I sit down, I, I, I open my Bible during the week. I'm a, I'm a good person, all right? And that's why this gets very uncomfortable sometimes. But I'm really going to ask us to kind of enter into that world of a little bit, maybe being uncomfortable. And here's where I'm coming from. I was the guy, okay, that sat in church every Sunday for 23 years. And I would think that most people that knew me growing up would say, Keith's a pretty good kid. did not give too much trouble." I didn't. I wasn't too much trouble to my family. You know, I wasn't. I wasn't super rebellious. I found ways to like sneakily be rebellious, right? Because I had an older brother that couldn't figure out how to do it sneakily. You know, I mean, he, he taught me the ways to to navigate the sneakiness. But um, but the truth of the matter is, is I'd go to church and I and, and I think. <laughs> If you probably ranked me as a 21-year-old kid in the world of 21-year-olds, I'd probably be in the upper 30% of just good guys. All right? Carl's going, no way. You're not even that now. <laughs> you think awfully highly of yourself, Keith. Okay? Maybe top 40%, okay? But, uh, but the truth of the matter is, is I was like, man, I'm, I would never ask myself this question. I would never ever kind of dig into this except I had something in common with almost all of my friends that were sitting around me at church was we were all kind of in the same boat where we would sit down in a church but we had neglected so much of what Jesus had called us to be right it's essentially gospel light that's what has happened today in our world and, and again I hope this isn't one of those things where you're like he is so judgmental I would just ask you to go back and look at the fruit of what's coming from American Christianity. That's all i ask you to look at. You go, well, Keith, people aren't going to be perfect. Jesus didn't ask people to be perfect. Okay? The the point isn't that you're perfect. But when you're following Jesus, there will be a difference made in your community. Okay? There won't be, hypocrisy won't be the norm. All right? It, It just won't be. A lack of love won't be the norm. All right? But there really has been this is this is a rich mission field is all of really what I would say is, is our church is everywhere. However many are here in Clemson, however many are in South Carolina, however many, you know, and I know that that's just super uncomfortable. And I would have a hard time saying that if I wasn't one of those people. I I sat in those shoes and I know a lot of people that sat in those same exact shoes. And so I'm asking you to explore that, explore that not just in your life. But in the people's lives that God has put you in, because he has put you in a circle of people, that he wants the gospel to be spread. So we've got to have the good news. Gospel light is just attendance, being a member, right? With no discipleship, okay? Um, What I oftentimes call conversion theology, which is if I had a conversion experience, nothing else after that is required, okay? Okay? I want you to think about that. This might be the most common gospel that's preached in our world today, which is don't ever, ever, ever share the gospel with somebody who's had a conversion experience because it's rude, insensitive, judgmental, right? It's all those things. I mean, that's really the rule we apply to ourselves is don't ever share the gospel with somebody who's had a conversion experience. Except I want to ask you something. Can you think of a place as Jesus was going out in his ministry was there ever a time that he was like, just like, all I want you to do is to agree to follow me, but if you don't, that's okay. Would you get that from reading your New Testament? Would you get that from reading Paul's letters? Right? Any of, any of the other letters, Peter's, John's, would, would that come through where they were going, oh, listen, don't proclaim the gospel to this group. They've already had a conversion experience. Okay, we've got to the gospel. Here's the deal: is is if we want to not be judgmental, that means we share the gospel with everybody, mm-hmm. reg- regardless of what your experience in church has been. We share the gospel with everyone. Okay, and I guarantee you, there are people in our circle of lives that are they're thinking it in their heads. Man, I've been going to church my whole life, and there's no power, and I'm bored. And I hear everybody talking about how it's supposed to be the way and the truth and the life. And it's supposed to be so amazing. And it just isn't to me. It's because oftentimes what's been taught to them has been this idea of you don't really have to follow Jesus. Okay. This is why we proclaim the gospel is gospel light is no obedience. Right. Obedience is just becomes like, you know, we can put a line through it and say, no, any obedience is strictly legalism. Okay. And that's been struck, this word has been struck from our model of discipleship. Is this idea of, no, you don't have to obey. This is why the mission field is so rich in our churches. Because the vast majority, in fact, there's, there's been a huge study done by um, a, uh, one of the groups that is um, very involved with Lifeway Bookstores. They've done this huge multi-year study on what are the core beliefs of those claiming to be Christians in the world today and 85% of people attending church on a regular basis um, agree that obedience is not required well. that Jesus isn't worried about it in your life and, and, and I'm just saying is I've read the Bible through it a lot I've never heard that in the Bible ever Okay, obedience is not legalism gospel light is no lordship okay it's the idea of jesus i'm going to surrender to you except i'm going to make all the decisions for the rest of my life on my own based on what i want and how i want it as josh said whatever's going to make me happy that's how i'm going to decide things okay that means jesus isn't lord that's what that means, okay. And we've got to help ourselves, okay. And here's the deal: is if you're sitting here going, no, 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 Keith, I've got all this on straight, okay. I'm saying, hey, measure your health, okay, because this could have snuck in. And you're going, oh man, you know what? I'm sitting here going, no, I follow Jesus. I'm totally so. I, I'll... and then you're going, hold on a minute. I, I make every decision based on what I want, how I want it, when I want it, what's going to make my life better. That means Jesus isn't Lord. That doesn't mean, oh, my gosh, now I'm lost. And then that's not what I'm saying. You gotta, but you got to go, hold on, I may need to repent. I, I may have been washed of my sins. I may have been following Jesus, and I've, and I've veered way off, and now I've got to repent of that. Okay? But gospel light is no lordship, and it's okay, okay to not have Jesus Lord. It's prosperity. It's what Josh talked about, is this idea of Christianity is about me getting good things in my life like no hardship, okay? But it's, it's interesting. What, what if Jesus did come up to you? What if he came up to you and said, listen, here's what I've appointed you for in this life. I've appointed you to make an ungodly amount of money in your life. I've appointed you to live in a, in a neighborhood that you could never imagine the beauty and splendor of the homes. I've appointed you to be able to afford everything without even balancing your checkbook. That's what I've appointed you for. How many of y'all go, yes, (laughs) that's what I'm talking about. Christianity right there. Jesus is Lord. (laughs) I'm never missing church, man. I'm being around the church all the time. Thank you, Jesus. Right. But but what have he said? I've appointed you to suffer. That's what I've appointed you for. I've appointed you to be average. I've appointed you to be in that place where you always are going to feel like you wish you had more money and you never have enough money. I've appointed you to be in a place that is, is going to be full of hardship. And, and if Jesus said, I appointed you to that place because that's where I need my gospel preached. You know, certainly we wouldn't be like all jumping up and down for that one. Right. I mean, and, and the point isn't the point is not be like, oh, I'm just not sold out. If, I are, if I'm not happy about that one. OK, <laughs> like, yes, thank you. I'm so glad, you know, but 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 it's that idea of um, keeping in mind um, prosperity and Christianity and discipleship following Jesus. It, it, the two don't go hand in hand okay, is that Jesus is putting us in a place, we're in a place to proclaim his gospel, and sometimes that's full of hardship, and sometimes that's full of joy and happiness, and everything's going your way, and and, and all of that kind of stuff, but we've got to kind of get rid of the prosperity theology, okay, that's gospel light, right, convenience, like I'll follow Jesus as long as I don't have to get up early, as long as I don't have to miss any meals, as long as I don't have to have, I, I, I want plenty of time to do fun stuff, I want to be able to have uh you know nine hours of sleep every night um i want to be able to never have to wake up before eight i want to never have to stay up studying past 11 i want like then i'll follow jesus like when it is convenient when hey man it's raining out i don't like going out in the rain i man i'd rather just stay in bed because there's a convenience theology and again i'm asking i'm just putting this in front of you does Jesus love the lost? Yeah, absolutely. Who's lost? I want you to start thinking through this. And this, you may go, oh, gosh, Keith, you are, you are describing me, okay? I'm going to say, listen, I'm not describing anything about you. I'm saying get in the Word, and this is, we will see that this is just gospel light. This is like making us feel like we're putting a Band-Aid on something. And in the end, it doesn't matter, okay? Luke 19.10 all right this is where passionate disciple making really needs to begin is is do i have the same heart that jesus has the son of man has come to seek and to save the lost i I would say that we have to erase the picture that we have of who is lost Like we have a demographic of somebody in our hearts that we would say, that's the person that's lost. They look like this, they act like this, they talk like this, and that's what lost is. And I would say I think we have to look a little harder. I would say I think we have to be more discerning with Jesus' word. I would say we have to not be judgmental about it, but we have to realize what is Jesus expecting here, who's come and seek and save the lost. Think of the people Jesus reached. Just think about them. Were they all like just horrific murderers, (coughs) rapists, drunkards, swindlers, people that you would not want to be around because they were so violent? Were just those the people Jesus went to? It's it's interesting. in, In Luke 10, he sends his guys out to proclaim the gospel to the lost sheep of Israel. How offensive is that? Well, not to us at all, because we're not Jews. (laughs) doesn't offend me and anybody. We're going to go on, Jesus. Tell those Jews. They don't know. They don't know about you, Jesus. You need to get in there and come. Like, like that's us when we're not Jews, right? But it would be the equivalent of Jesus going, man, I'm going to send my people into the Christian churches. Boy, you want to talk about a riot. You want to talk about a riot, man, you know? And again, let me, let me reset. Hopefully, you edit the movie in your mind, okay? Edit the movie in your mind, because here's what the tendency is going to be to do, is to think, yeah, you know what, that mission field, for real, in, in Christian churches today, um, except mine here and the one I grew up in. Those are exempt. The only Christians in that building. I doubt it. You're crazy to think that. But no, 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 you don't know. You don't know Mr. Phil, man. He's been in the church for 35 years. Don't talk about Mr. Phil that way. I don't even know who Mr. Phil is. I'm just saying if Jesus isn't Lord, we got to proclaim the gospel. I don't care where you're sitting on Sunday morning. If it's just about convenience and prosperity, we have to proclaim the gospel. It doesn't matter where you're sitting Sunday morning. But he, he wears a suit and tie every Sunday to church. How are you going to say he's not okay with Jesus? You're up there preaching in denim. <laughs> Who are you? Disrespecting the Lord like that, right? I mean, we got to edit the movie that's in our mind on, okay, who's lost? Well, it's definitely not this group. It's definitely not this group. It's, I'm saying, listen, erase it and just look at it through the lens of Jesus. All right? Just look at, l- look at it through that lens. of of lordship of gospel of discipleship okay the son of man has come to seek that's his heart he said that god send me down there to help them all right now the question is do me and you are do we have that same heart of like i literally i'm thinking i wake up in the morning if you were to give me a quiz keith tell me the top 10 people in clemson that aren't disciples Just send me out there and show me the people, okay? I mean, my, my job isn't to make a list of who isn't. My job is to be a servant of Jesus, and he sends me out into the community to talk, to share the gospel, to listen, to love, right? Because that's his heart, okay? And so I just want to ask you that. Is that your heart in the morning when we get up and we're getting ready to go? Are we thinking, man, my household might be full of non-disciples? My job, my classroom, my... And not because of what you see, but because you know the gospel isn't being absorbed. It's not being lived out. Okay? Whoops, didn't want to go past that. 1 Timothy 1. This saying is trustworthy and... I love that Paul writes it that way. This saying (laughs) is trustworthy and... And deserving of full acceptance. Like, don't think about not accepting this. Don't think any other thing. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. It's a rescue. It's a rescue. All right. But you know what's crazy is, is rescue doesn't really matter if there's no one, if if you don't think you need to be rescued. Right. <laughs> you know, you got the helicopter coming down and lowering the, the life You're Like, what are you doing? I'm fine. I always stand on my roof while the, while the flood is coming through. Now, you don't need to help me, okay? But it's this idea of this is, this can't just be informative, though. If this is the Jesus who we love with all of our heart, okay, we can't just say, yeah, he loves sinners, but I don't know any. I'm not around any. I don't talk to any. I don't help any. I, he'll just magically zap them. That didn't happen to you, and it didn't happen to me, right? right? That didn't happen that way. It wasn't one of those things where you just woke up and be like, oh, my goodness, everything is... No, 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 no. Boy, it, it, was, it was people on a mission. It was people who loved Jesus, the Jesus who loves sinners, the Jesus who loves the lost, saying, man, I love, that. That's, I love Jesus. And we've got a message, this good news, that honestly, it just breaks my heart to see people who do go to church, that just the, the the life, the words that come out of their mouths are anything but good news. It makes me so sad. You know, it, it's so sad when I when I look on Facebook and I'm like, why, why are Christians writing this stuff? It sounds like there's no good news, right? It sounds like we're just just like the world when we write stuff. Like it's so horrible out there. I'm like, you know what? The world isn't a great place for sure. But how will anyone know that there's anything different unless what comes out of our mouth is different? I mean, if what comes out of our mouth is attacking and cynicism and faithlessness and anger and bitterness and all that kind of stuff, how do we really think the rest of the world is going to go, you don't know what? That's where the gospel's preached. You know, and again, it's not the fake, man, everything's great, everything's puppies in sunshine everything's awesome right it's that idea in the face of all of this mess that we see is still being faithful to jesus as lord in the face of that in the face of rotten circumstances in the face of hatred in the face of prejudice in the face of all that kind of stuff is a people that god has called out that navigate those waters the way jesus did and love even when others aren't loving okay that's what really that's what passionate disciple making is about, because that's how Jesus did it. OK, there wasn't a plan B. There was a plan A. Jesus was going to come down and die and rise again. And the local church was going to be the plan. There is isn't plan B. There's not like, well, if that doesn't work, if that don't work, we're going to do something else. OK, there isn't another plan. OK, um, this is really the heart of Jesus. John 13, this is, boy, I hope we don't ever have to even write this verse up. I hope this is so written on our hearts that regardless of anything else, I give you a new command, this Jesus, just as I have loved you. I want you to think about that. I want you to think about that a lot. There isn't anything that helps me, like, get out of something in my head. Like thinking, just as Jesus has loved me, I love that. Wow, he has, listen, I can't even count the ways that Jesus has been merciful and graceful and and truthful, sometimes painfully truthful, right? There are times when, man, the word is like cutting. Boy, thank God that that happened, right? But he said, you must also love others that same way. Okay, so if you want to be a disciple maker, and I don't think there's any way around it, if you want to follow Jesus, you can't do it without John 13, 34, and 35. Okay? It's not just this, this function of business. He says, but here's the deal. By this, all people will know you're my disciples. By this, all people will know. All people will know. They might not say anything good about you, but all people will know why because it's a community of people that shouldn't be together. It's a community of people that shouldn't be together. It's when people walk by a tailgate party and see a bunch of people that shouldn't be together loving just the time together. All right? It, that, that's odd. Okay? It's a group of people and, 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 and Jesus said, this is the point of all this. It has to be community-based. Why do a dumb tailgate party on Saturday morning? I mean, some of y'all like football, and you'd tailgate anyway. Some of y'all hate football. You don't like football. You don't want to go and eat really great food, you know, outside. You don't want to do those things, okay? But here's the deal. What if I knew, man, there's an opportunity that God could use me and my community to help him in his own mission? Like, the fact that I'm there. The fact that I'm, I'm, I, I may... I may run into somebody. I mean, I can't even tell you. I could probably spend hours talking about just my first few interactions with the with community of faith. I was in Thomasville, Georgia, just outside of Tallahassee, Florida. I can't tell you where I was there. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, I've never met that guy before. But I, he said something to me that made such a profound impact. I, I mean, I went. the first interaction I ever had was a Memorial Day picnic that I tried my best to not go to i spent the whole i was going to know one person at the whole thing it was the guy throwing the party he's like hey come on over and i'm like okay first of all i don't get that many days off (laughs) i don't really want to go to you know this christian cookout right and then not only that my buddy was going to come with me and like right beforehand he's like i'm not coming and i'm like sweet i'm not either And then I was just like, no, I got to go, got to go, got to go. And I went, and it was like so different because it was like the entire community of people that shouldn't be together, they all seem to like each other, and they all like me. Like they wanted to welcome me into that. And I was like, wow, this is pretty awesome. I never left. Mm -hmm. Never left. That was it. I'm like, whatever's going on. So here's the deal is, I often think about this is, I can think of two or three specific people that I think if I lived in Tallahassee for 30 years, I'd never come across them, that I met at that picnic. And I'm like, what if they weren't there? What if they didn't say what they said? What if, that, what if, what if they weren't welcoming that way? Because listen, I was still looking for the, the door. I'm like, uh, like, what time are we getting out of you know, here? Uh, you know, like, like all of that. And it was the love of people in a community that I was like, there's something else here. That's the plan of Jesus, okay? That's got to be our heart. That can't be an edict, okay? That can't be one of those things where you go, okay, it's uh, read from up front that this is what has to happen. It's this idea of going, hold on a minute. Jesus' plan was communities of believers coming together and loving one another when they really have no reason to love one another, that all have different likes and dislikes. I mean, we, we let Rich into church. He's a Miami fan. I mean, listen, there, there's, there's Clemson, Gamecocks, all that like here. I mean, I don't even know where Miami is anymore. I'm just kidding. You. That's that's my Florida state, right? Stop it. You stop it. You better be happy Jesus makes me love you, Rich. <laughs> if it wasn't for Jesus, I would hate Rich, I'll tell you now. But the, but the thing about it is it's, is, is it's that idea of what josh talking about is there are so many things we get so wrapped up in that don't mean nothing in this world like you could like different music you could like different styles you could like someone likes poetry someone likes architecture someone likes this someone's a gamecock fan someone's a miami fan you know and it's like you know what that junk doesn't matter and that's exactly how it's supposed to be it's exactly how it's supposed to be is that it doesn't matter because when we love one another when it's not convenient. Because listen, there's lots of groups that love one another because they are the exact same. Completely homogenous. Right? Have same beliefs, same way you look, same way you think, the same... No, no, no. The church is not meant to be that way. But it takes us individually to go, That listen, I, I, I'm buying into what Jesus is selling here. I'm buying into that. And I want to be a passionate disciple maker. Acts 2.46, every day... I love, here's what I like most about Acts 2. This was the first time anybody who were, Christ, who, who were Christians did anything, right? No one was a Christian before Pentecost. This was the first time, okay? And so you got to think about it. What if you never, you had no idea what Christianity was. You had no idea of what a church building was. You had no idea of, of communion. You had no idea of a Bible study. You had no reference of it anywhere. And then you decided that you were going to be part of this 3,000, let's say. that was like what Peter's saying in Acts chapter 2, what do we need to do? Repent, be baptized, every one of you. And, and we're like, I'm down with that. Boom, 3,000 people. And then what I like about this is the, this is what they thought Christianity should be. Like there was no books. They couldn't go to Lifeway and go, can I get some church history books? <laughs> any Christian history books out there so we can know what to do? They're like, here's, here's what we think you should do based on the teachings of Jesus. And the apostles. Um, th- just above that, they talk about being devoted to the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and the prayer. And it says, every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple complex. They say, you know what? It just makes sense to be around one another. It just makes sense. Like, like that, that's, you know, did that mean like 24-7, like you make a, a wall around a community and you keep... it? No, no, no. But they're like, the temple complex, the uh, campus, Starbucks... Coffee shops, whatever, Elkmont Trading, whatever it is that you want to go. It's that idea of, man, you know, every day I've got to see somebody that we're together. Like, i got to have some. Remember, they didn't text. <laughs> All right? The temple complex, though, was the, the social place, right? It's kind of like you go to Starbucks, you know, and it's like it's a big social place. It's where people go to hang out. All-in coffee shop. uh Hills doth it. <laughs> I did that on purpose. <laughs> but yeah, Dowsett Hills, like the little hub that they have there. There are these there are these these temple complexes and to the early disciples they were like, you know what, I gotta find my way in there. Um, because man, I wanna I wanna be with my people. Okay. And they ate with bitter and cynical hearts. <laughs> they like God on Sunday. Can you believe that? It's like, wow, what, what was really awesome? And, and the Lord added their number daily, those who were being saved. The, the thing that was awesome about that is that what did people see? People eating together joyfully. It doesn't mean you have to have a whole meal. It might just be a cup of coffee. It might be a cinnamon roll from All In Coffee Shop. It might be, you know, some, that's God's food right there. That is like manna in, the, in Clemson right there. But I'm just saying it's this idea of it has nothing to do with even the meal. It has to do with the attitude. Is this idea, you know what, if I weren't here with you in this mission, I wouldn't probably even hang out with you. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's really true. We, we got our things, you know. But, the, but they, they were together with joyful and humble attitudes. That's a tough one right there, huh? Humble attitudes. That doesn't mean you get together and you're like, look how awesome we are. Boy, everybody should want to be just like me because I'm so awesome. No, 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 no. Don't talk to anybody that's not us because we're awesome. Like, you know, uh-uh, we're a mess. We're a mess. And listen, if you're a mess too, come on and pull up a chair. Okay. Because we'll enjoy one another as we follow Jesus. Okay. It's this plan. But here's the thing is, is who hears the, turn over to Luke chapter six. Luke chapter six. Who hears this? Okay. Because this is the thing is, is oftentimes we, we veer away from being disciple makers because it's just discouraging and you're like who listens to this? Who's going to hear this? All right, it's amazing in Jesus time his own people rejected him. Who hears the gospel? Luke chapter 6 verse 20 Jesus says then you then looking up at his disciples he said, "You who are poor are blessed because the kingdom of God is yours." You who are now hungry are blessed because you'll be filled. You who now weep are blessed because you'll laugh. You are blessed when people hate you, when they exclude you, insult you, and slander your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. Take note, your reward is great in heaven, for this is the way their ancestors used to treat the prophets. He's talking about like the God followers of the day. He's not talking about just random people. He says, No, the God, listen, they've killed all the prophets. A lot of people aren't going to like what you have to say. And he goes on, he says, But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your comfort. Woe to you who are now full, for you'll be hungry. Woe to you who are now laughing, for you'll mourn and weep. Woe to you when all people speak well of you. For this is the way their ancestors used to treat the false prophets. The false prophets is who everybody said the nice things about, (laughs) okay? Now, here's what I will say. If you're a jerk, that's not persecution when people don't like you. Please be very clear about that, okay? You're like, I'm so persecuted. No, you're a jerk. You're mean to people. You are judgmental. You are arrogant and unlikable. You're not being persecuted. You really aren't a good guy. I mean, you're a jerk, that's not persecution, okay? The persecution is Jesus going, no, man, you, when you're gospel-filled and you love and you love your enemy and you serve and, and every part of you is humble, there's still going to be people who go, you know what, that guy is a—there's something wrong with that guy. I don't like that guy. Okay, that's just weird, okay? but So I just want a little caveat there. Don't go and get all proud of yourself if somebody doesn't like you just because you were mean to them, okay? So just very clear. But who hears this? You know who's going to hear the gospel? <laughs> The poor, and I don't mean financially poor, although sometimes that's the case. All right, sometimes you are in a financial situation that kind of brings you to rock bottom and you're willing to hear things. OK, but this can't just be financial. There's no way Jesus is saying this to just if you're poor, you're going to go to heaven and if you're rich or not. Yeah. OK, that's not his point here. Right. But if you're poor in spirit, the poor will hear this message. Because you're, you're, you, you don't think you've got it all on straight. You, you've got it all handled. All you need is you. Everything. The, the poor are going to hear The hungry. Like in our world today, just being very satisfied. Like we don't have to worry about where we're going to eat. We don't have to worry. You know, it's just like everything's very comfortable. In fact, isn't it easy to get a little bit perturbed when it's not comfortable? I can't believe those seats in McDonald's when I go in there. They're so uncomfortable gosh I can't believe that or or let's go a step further I can't believe those seats in church they're so uncomfortable oh my goodness I can't believe I have to be there with people that I love and hear the word of God and sit on these seats they're so uncomfortable all right man I'm afraid you're not going to hear the gospel ever Mm. right you just aren't because you're not hungry for it You, you hadn't hit kind of rock bottom you hadn't kind of figured this out yet the hurting hurting people will hear this he said, man, there are going to be people who just laugh, and life is all good all the time. and it's all, Don't even think about all that bad stuff. You know what, man? You look around the world, it hurts. Yeah. All right. Look at our families and our friends. There are a lot of hurting situations, and just turning a blind eye doesn't make them better. To engage them hurts sometimes. To go into that world hurts, and, and to know that, man, I, I'm, we have to navigate into relationships that are just painful But how much more will we hear the gospel? Oh, man, I can't do this on my own. I've got to do it Jesus' way. I don't have the strength to go into hurting places, right? Hurting people hear the gospel, okay? Unsatisfied people, when you're honest with yourself, and you go, you know what, I'm I'm not satisfied with my life as a Christian. Like, I'm, I'm ready to get rid of all the stuff I thought it took to become a Christian and all the stuff I thought it took to, be, to, to live as a Christian. And I just want Jesus' straight-up word, okay? we got to get the ball rolling, right? hardest part you've got to start somewhere okay because this is overwhelming to go oh now what do i do oh gosh now i've got to go out listen we're going to be digging into some things on wednesday night some very practical things about this okay but there has to be like the ball has to start rolling okay first of all we do need to embody these four principles not as a plan and not as a slogan but this idea of the gospel has to be so rich in my life i have to truly live in a way that's unconditional to Jesus. I've got to be all in to my community. And I want to share in this mission of Jesus, okay? Is truly embodying that as a starting point, okay? And it it may start immediately here, okay? Daily community contact, okay? There's no easy, we don't, we have the easiest of any civilization to ever walk the planet. To be in contact with one another on a daily basis. We, there's never been an easier time. Like, there literally is no excuse to say, man, I went through my whole day today and had no interaction with a disciple. No interaction with somebody in my community. Okay? And, and let me make it even more specific than that because, again, I can do this and go, yeah, but you know, oh, Joe Blow that lives uh, over across town, he's a disciple and I talk to him every day. What does he know about you? Not a whole lot. But I like him. Because he doesn't know me and I don't know him. And that's an easy place to be, isn't it? What yeah. I'm talking about in your community, in your small group, is this daily contact of some sort, okay? And, and, and if you're thinking in your mind, okay, well, that's just one more thing I have to do, okay? Go all the way back to the gospel. If you're thinking that's one more thing I have to do, you've missed it all. You've missed the entirety of the gospel, okay? Rather than going, hold on a minute, Jesus' plan A is his community, loving one another and making disciples every single day we can pick up the phone we can text we can go and just talk for 15 minutes we can cross paths and it happens a lot that's what I love I see that happening a lot and I love that we've got to do it more okay and then here's the big one is the heart of just pulling up a chair the heart of pulling up a chair okay it's not hey hey there's not enough room at this table for you now come here let me pull up a chair you come and sit with us no, 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 no. we're talking about things you can't hear. No, no, let me you pull up a chair. You're welcome here. You know, now, I'm not going to make you sit at this other table and take a test before you're welcome here. No, no. stand over there. Okay, it's, it's the Starbucks table over there. You take the test over there, and then we'll see if we're going to pull a chair up over here. Okay, the community has to be, come and sit with us. Come, come over here. Okay, that's, that's the big thing. I want to ask you that. How often has that happened just in the last week? That you've, you've offered, like, table time to somebody. Maybe it's in your home. Maybe it's at work. Maybe, it's, maybe it is at work, and you're going, hey, can, can we just have lunch together? Like, can we just talk? Can we just get to know one another? Or maybe it's more than that. Maybe there's somebody at your office or in school that's like, I want to learn the Bible. Okay, that's great. I'm busy, though. Maybe one day we'll get there. Instead of going, hold let me pull up a chair for you and dig into this, Okay. Because I, I, here's my view, is if, if we're going weeks, even a week, but weeks at a time, and you're thinking, I've not pulled up a chair for anybody. It hadn't been at Sunday morning. It hadn't been at Wednesday night. It hadn't been in my free time. It hadn't been at work. It hadn't been at school. It hadn't been at cross training. Not, I just don't pull up a chair to bring, to bring anyone in. I would say, wow, we've got to change that, okay, if we're going to be the community that Jesus.